Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys, and welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, June 24th, 2021. I am Graham Jesus Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week. We got another exclusive interview on tap. You find folks here today on WrestleRant Radio. That being with one of the best women's wrestlers in the world today, in my opinion, and I feel like in the opinion of many others as well, that being Charlotte Flair. Spoke to her last week. The article went up on Thursday of last week, exactly one week ago on Bleacher Report. The audio is now here on the show. It was available first on my YouTube channel, so you can always catch these interviews first over there at youtube.com backslash Graham GSM Matthews. But today we're replaying the interview, and it's all about Hell in the Cell from last Sunday, her current rivalry with the Raw Women's Champion Rhea Ripley, her booking, an all-women's WWE show, another evolution, Andrade, and so much more. It was a really cool conversation, and despite what you see from Charlotte on WWE TV, she is honestly, of all the people I've interviewed over the last year and a half, one of the nicest people I have talked to from WWE or otherwise. And I've talked to a lot of cool people. She was really, really nice, as you will soon hear in our conversation. So we're gonna have Charlotte Flair on WrestleRant Radio here today. I did another of other I, I did a number of other interviews this past week, including with the NXT superstar and in my opinion feature NXT women's champion. Frankie Monet, she was awesome, the former Ty Valkyrie from Impact. Um, that went up in audio form on the YouTube channel on Tuesday at the aforementioned link, and also on DailyDDT.com in article form on Wednesday. So check that out. I probably won't share that audio here on the show, um, but that audio is already available in the article and right here, or right over on the YouTube channel as well. Um, I also spoke to Devontae Adams, not a wrestling name, but the wide receiver and a star from the Green Bay Packers. Now, you're probably wondering, how the hell did that come about? Well, it's a long story, but it was a really cool conversation. It's been a month in the making. Um, I initially got the opportunity to do it about a month ago. Didn't work out then. We've been going back and forth about a time that worked for Devontae. We got him locked in for Monday, and the article went up today on Bleach Report in the NFL section. So, I know I'm the go-to wrestling guy for a lot of the WWE interviews lately, but I, I got to talk to a wide receiver from the Packers, and he's a pretty big deal, talking all about um, the current Aaron Rodgers situation. We talked about um, you know playing football and not in front of fans over the last year, playing the game, being on the field without a uh, crowd in attendance. We talked about his keys to victory for the Packers for this upcoming season, continuing off his great season last year, being in that MVP conversation, working alongside Justin Jefferson, uh, you know, talking about his involvement with the Building Better Lives program as part of the Optimum Nutrition Program initiative and all this other stuff. It was a really awesome conversation. As not a football guy myself, 
Um, it was an awesome opportunity. I jumped on it, and we got it done. So I don't think I'll be sharing the audio of that interview here on the show, um, but it is available on my YouTube channel. I think it went up today. So check that out again over at youtube.com backslash Graham Matthews and an article form over on Bleach Report in the NFL section. So that sounds incredibly random, but if you're a football fan, I hope you enjoy it. It was really, really cool. So that's about all the updates for me. We have another interview that I did on Tuesday that should be up in the next week. I'm not sure if I'm going to share it here on the show, but we already had another already recorded conversation with Brandon Dross, who's been here on the show before, and a friend of his running a wrestling show over in Kansas, which is really, really cool. And we talked all about that. It's coming up in July, I believe, is the show. Um, That conversation will be here on the show next week, along with my usual conversation with Mr. Marceau, talking all things in the world of wrestling. But before we get to Mr. Marceau, before we even get to Charlotte Flair... I'm here to tell you guys where you can listen to new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single week, and it's on WrestleRant.com. It's on WrestleRantRadio.com. It's on iTunes, it's on Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and Podbean. You can rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode every single Thursday. So with all that being said, guys, enjoy my conversation with the 13-time WWE Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair. Hey, Charlotte, how are you? Hey, Graham, I'm good, sir. How are you? Doing excellent. Obviously, we got Hell in a Cell coming up this weekend. A lot of exciting stuff on the horizon. But first, we got Hell in a Cell this weekend, July, or rather, June 20th, uh, this Father's Day. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be you and Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, with this match coming up on Sunday, how different is this dynamic? Because this is only the second match that you and Rhea have had one-on-one, with the first one being back at WrestleMania 36. Similar dynamic a little bit with her being the champion, you being the challenger. How much different is this match going to be than WrestleMania 36 last year? Well, I, I think this year we've actually had an opportunity to tell a story in the platform mm-hmm. to do it. So people are more anticipated for the match with seeing us kind of go back and forth and trying to have this kind of one-upmanship. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, no, most definitely. And especially with the brawl on Monday too, I thought it was a great way to kind of lead into the pay-per-view, really get that last personal edge in on this match, which is going to be cool. Um, and especially with the match itself. I mean, you being the challenger, a lot of people associate you with being the champion, even though I think a lot of people tend to forget you haven't been the champion more often than not for the last couple of years. Now, obviously you were tag team champion, <laughs> you know, for about a month, a couple of months ago, but other than that, like you really haven't been champion for the better part of the past two or three years. And I think a lot of people forget about that. Um, um, with that being said, like, is it weird being in chase mode for you? And I know you mentioned on Raw Talk, too, that Charlotte Flair doesn't need a title to be a champion. But, like, is it weird challenging as opposed to being a champion? And <clears throat> what do you say to that? Oh, my gosh. You just said exactly how I feel all the time. But I don't know how to – because it's like, yes, I, it's, I'm the 13-time champion. But really, in the last couple years, I have not had – a successful title run. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've been in the title picture nonstop. But besides the tag titles, I haven't been the champion. But people just associate me that way. So it's like, okay, play into that, go with that. But I have been chasing. But at the same time, it's it's like I said on Raw Talk, do I need a title to be Charlotte Flair? Absolutely not. So am mm-hmm. I going to go into this any different? Absolutely not. Am I going to act like a champion, play like a champion? 100%. Um, yes, I am chasing, but I really don't feel like I still feel like it is 
I'm still in my mind, the, the word grooming isn't correct, but it's like, Rhea, do you have what it takes to be the champion? Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like in my mind, I think I'm the champion and it's my division. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? No, that makes sense. No, that absolutely makes sense. And I think too, with the variety of opponents that there are now, like for the last couple of years too, I think another thing that kind of gets lost with people is that for the last few years, we've seen you with Becky a few times, you and Sasha a few times, you and Bailey a number of times as well. Bailey. And Oscar, yep. Yeah. Bailey, Asuka as well. And a lot of other people um, with you and Rhea, it's a fresh dynamic and someone you haven't really faced a lot. Like for you, does that make you more motivated to go in there and have, I mean, obviously it's going to be a great match regardless, but, or does it really not matter? Cause like, and it's an opponent and you're just in there to beat them type of thing if that makes sense. I don't know if I really worded that correctly. No, no, no. It's, 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 it doesn't really matter who it's for me. It's bringing out the best in the opponent and myself, no matter the storyline. Yeah. Because I feel like I ha- like with Becky, I was the baby face, but everyone thought I was a bad guy. Uh, <laughs> Bailey, some reason, all of a sudden I'm good because she's bad. It's like, I, it, it's just going back and forth. And, and with Rhea, I'm really having fun being that bad guy there's no in between what is charlotte and you know wanting to bring this fresh character to raw and have the platform to tell a story like there's no like there's no past history other than that one mania and we didn't really get to you know show what we were capable of Mm -hmm. or have like a major build-up i feel having that pull apart on Monday night raw going into hell and cells, exactly like you said, what the audience needed to see. And now they want to see us slug it out at hell in a cell. Yeah, no, exactly. And it was a great way to lead into the pay-per-view. So like you said, there's more of a story this time around. And obviously with the first match, there was the COVID issue too. Cause like you guys kicked off the build on the raw, like after the rumble or soon after the rumble or whatever it was last year. And then we have no fans in the PC and it's kind of hard to gauge I mean, obviously there was interest in it, but like, it's hard to gauge like what people are saying or thinking about it, if that makes sense, going into WrestleMania. And obviously we still don't have fans right now, but it's a little bit different with Rhea being a bit more established and whatnot. Um, but with that being said, just in the last couple of months alone, it really feels like you've been in your element. I mean, you just in general, you, I think you make it for a better heel than a baby face. And, and obviously you can say the same if you would like, but you know, since WrestleMania coming back after the night after WrestleMania, the promos have been different than anything you've cut up to this point as a character on the show. Um, was that like the turning point for you? Cause like you said, there's no ambiguity. It kind of came back late last year to TLC. You were a face for a little while. You were a heel. It was kind of going back and forth. Do you really feel like you're in your element hitting it on the head right now? Well, let's make this clear. I always want to be a heel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when, when I'm stuck in the, the, the good side or the baby face role, um, uh, it's, I, yeah, like I came back from WrestleMania and was like, there's no questioning what I am. There's no questioning what side, all that frustration, um, confusion, and just laying it all out there. Um, and I really feel that has portrayed throughout my promos. And, you know, you can only do so much in the ring and having that ability to have the mic, um, I think has really helped mm-hmm. with somewhat of a character wrinkle for me mm-hmm. since April. So, yeah. No, yeah, no, that makes sense. And especially, again, I think there is 
more material there too because it's more of like a set direction because there was this stuff with oscar you guys were teaming and it was something different which was cool because we never seen in the tag title picture before but like with Rhea, the history is there to a certain extent it just you know obviously it has to make sense and i think so far it's made sense which is why it's made for a good story um that being said with like the women's division right now in wwe you can either say raw the company and the whole whatever it might be i'm gonna get your opinion on one thing that you think that we're doing right right now. We're doing correct with the women's division right now in WWE that some fans may not be giving credit to because usually it's all about the negative, which I think we're all guilty of at some point. But like one thing that you think they're doing right right now with the women's division on Raw, WWE, whatever, and one thing that you would still like to see improved at some point. So I think that's why another reason why I'm so excited to have the fans back because mm-hmm. like you said, it's so easy to be negative and social media is so negative. Mm-hmm. And when you hear the audience in a live crowd, you can't deny the positivity, the excitement, the cheers, the booze. Um, and what we're doing right, right now is adding new characters to the division. Rhea's on raw, Bianca's on SmackDown. They're both champions mm-hmm. and let's see them take the ball and run with it and how far they can go. You either, either you sink or you swim and that's up to you. Like that's, that's what it is. Yeah. You either grow or you don't, you carry the ball or you don't. Mm -hmm. Um, and everyone, you know, wants to be negative, but if you look at Monday night raw, did you see how many women were on the show? Mm -hmm. Me, Nikki, Rhea, Naya, Alexa bliss, Shayna. Uh, they brought back Eva. You had uh, Naomi, you had uh, the new character, uh, Piper. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so many women across the board. Like, what are we doing wrong? I mean, all the women. Oh, you had a segment with the tag team champions, yep. Natalia and Tamina and against Mandy. Like, everyone was featured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we're doing right. Yeah. Like. Whether they like, you're not going to like every story. And that's the point. Like, you might not like me, but that's the point. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I I mean? Yeah. No, it makes sense. No, most definitely. And especially with three hours too, it does provide more opportunities to see more women across the show. And SmackDown, we're seeing that a little bit too now with kind of the variety over in the blue brand side, which is cool. Um, Obviously, a couple of years ago, we had Evolution. I would you know, suggest to say one of the best pay-per-views we've had on the main roster of the last decade, if not ever. And obviously, you were a big part of that show with Becky in the last woman standing match. Uh, in your opinion, you, obviously you want to see a sequel, but like, has there been any push for a second one? Cause I think that's something that we got to see. It, it's gotta be more of a, a when than an if, right? Yeah, I think it's more of a when, but I, you know, I get asked this question a lot and you know, would an all women show be great? Yes. Would another evolution pay-per-view be great? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I'm in the mindset is I want to be on the card with men. I want to be on the card where there's eight matches, men and women, and I want to be the best of the night, no matter gender. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand, like, I don't need an all women's show or an all women's pay-per-view to highlight my performance or skill or being a, you know, a lady wrestler. But no, yeah. I want to be against men and prove that no matter man or woman, I am the best. Mm-hmm. So I don't like, I mean, that's just my take. <laughs> No, no, that makes sense. And I, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, bit like, I think it's great, like, but I don't need an all-women show to show that I'm, like, a great female wrestler. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
when Triple H, I know he like people were upset that he was, you know, said that WWE's uh, female division is the best in the world. Any promotion, any female star, anyone should say that they are the best. Yeah, exactly. You should not be in this business unless you're saying you are the best. Mm-hmm. Wherever you are in the world, you should say you're the best. I don't need an all women. I mean, I want to be on the show with men mm-hmm. because I want to say I'm the greatest, no matter gender. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just going back and forth with those two things. No, 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 no. It makes sense. Absolutely. And I think w- with the triple H thing, I'm not really sure what people expected me to say. Like, are they going to, is he going to say they're the second best? Like I know who would say that if you're in charge of the company, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought exactly. the whole thing but, was silly. But that yeah. should make other people that should really want other people to go. No, we are the best. Yeah. No, I am the best and create competition. You need competition to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, no competition is definitely the key there. Um, a couple other things before we wind down in the next few minutes, but SummerSlam coming to Allegiant stadium tickets on sale this Friday, having missed WrestleMania earlier this year, Charlotte, you gotta be looking at SummerSlam being in this <laughs> massive stadium as your WrestleMania, right? I mean, that that's gotta be it. Oh, yes, it definitely is. You have no idea how excited I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was devastated when I missed WrestleMania. I'm not going to lie. Like, that mm-hmm. was really hard. But I do think, ultimately, it was the best thing for me because I came back in the best shape of my career, doing the best promo work of my career, adding wrinkles to my character, and then now just looking forward to SummerSlam. Um, to me, it's going to be my WrestleMania. So... Yeah, I'm yeah, excited. It's just a performance under the fans. Like mm-hmm. I miss. I have been a road warrior since 2015 when I debuted, traveling mm-hmm. all over the world for live events, um, overseas tours, and not being in front of the fans, whether they're cheering for me or booing for me. Um, it's been. I miss that. So just to walk out and see them and feel their presence, and I'm so excited. Oh yeah, I think I think we're I think you speak for everyone when you say that you're excited for because I mean fans are going to be pumped. I mean even if you're competing in front of five thousand people when the company goes back on the road next month, that's going to be great. I mean anything. I don't even care if it's a thousand, even if it was in (laughs) full sale. Like I just love being in front of the fans. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be great. I mean, it's going to be 30, 40, 70,000, whatever it's going to be. It's going to be a great atmosphere at SummerSlam. So it's going to be cool. Um, another thing they can be involved in. Yeah. yeah. And it's like it lets people around the world to know that we're all like coming, everything going back to normal slowly but surely. And it's, people should be excited to see it. You know, that's to me like, yes, there's an audience. We're not, you know, still in this pandemic. I mean, we are in a pandemic, but it's, mm-hmm. there is like hope on the other side. Yeah, exactly. And we're, you know, on the, on the other end of it, like you said, and we're, you know, restrictions yep. being lifted and stuff. So yeah, no, hundred percent. Absolutely. Uh, and and Sunday is going to be cool too with hell in the cell. Cause not only are we getting you and Rhea on the pay-per-view, but you're also going to be on most wanted treasures over on A and E with your dad, Darius <laughs> Rucker and a whole other colorful cast of characters um, looking for the 1992 Royal rumble, Ric Flair robe, which is going to be great. Uh, what can people having been involved with this episode? What can people expect from it? What are you looking forward to people seeing? Um, I think it's just what the memorabilia means to people. And, you know, my dad has lost a lot of robes and a lot of boots and tights. 
<laughs> so seeing him search for this and tell his story is what he, you know, things or thought happened to his robe or, you know, certain years from the past. Um, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> you even have my brother-in-law in the episode, uh, my sister's husband, Conrad Thompson. Oh, nice. Uh, helping search for his memorabilia. So, yeah, it's great. Nice. Uh, that's going to be a great episode. The show has been really fun so far. So that should be a great way to uh, end things. And I think it's two hours too. So it's going to be a great way to cap off the season. Uh, but going back, like you mentioned with the pandemic earlier, and I think one of the pros, at least for you guys, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but not being on the road every single day has obviously been a positive for you guys over the last year with the time off and whatnot. I mean, we're an hour, I'm a year and a half late on this, but congrats on the engagement. Have you had any time to plan the wedding over the last year with all the time off and whatnot? <laughs> Well, since we want to get married in Mexico, we've really been waiting for the restrictions of travel to be lifted. So where um, it will be easy for my friends and family to travel to his hometown. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping now for the spring because it seems like everything is pretty much going back to normal. So, yeah. Nice. Congrats. Well, that's Maybe awesome. Like December, January. Thank you oh. so much. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. That's awesome. Well, hopefully by then everything <laughs> will be a hundred percent, you know, re, you know, restrictions are gone and whatever. So that's great. Yep. Um, you know, if, if anyone follows you on Instagram, Twitter, you, anyone can see with the pictures and, and posts that you are an incredibly supportive fiance and the other way around as well. You and Andrade are a great couple. Um, you know, obviously just in a general basis, your thoughts on everything going on with him. He's got a new venture now. Very exciting. You've expressed your support. That's awesome with his departure earlier this year. Just your thoughts in the whole thing. And then your the part that you played in that journey, so to speak. I'm just, I'm just so motivated, inspired by his decision. Mm -hmm. Like it was his dream to be at WWE, but I think he knew and felt he wanted more and he could give more and maybe going and showing his worth and working on things that he needed to like his english that that's what it was going to take you know mm -hmm. to get where he wants to be and to do that on his own accord and not be scared of the future but to know that he's going to succeed and maybe one day come back i don't know if that's you know what he'd want to do but mm -hmm. it's just that he wants more success he wants the platform he wants to get better he wants the main event shows um and to see him come out the other night when he debuted full-blown star you can't deny him he is mm -hmm. a star and working on his english um i just know things are just gonna get bigger and better and brighter for him and i support him 100 percent and it's really inspiring to watch. Like yeah. he just went and did it. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. wasn't like, I mean, I'm WWE homegrown. That's mm -hmm. what people forget. Like I'm a product of the PC. And that would be so scary to me to leave my home, which mm -hmm. is WWE. And to know that he has traveled the world and he's going to continue to travel the world and, you know, make a bigger name for himself and, yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited for him. 
And last two questions for you, Charlotte, kind of going off that, but has there been any things that you've been able to learn from each other in terms of wrestling character stuff that you've kind of incorporated into your skill set? And we've seen the Ingobernable taunt from you on, on, on Raw a few times, which is great. The Andrade uh, <laughs> taunt, which is great. Anything along those lines that he's been able to share with you? Any advice that stuck with you? Oh my gosh, yeah. We definitely help each other, but it's two completely, what I help him with, definitely is not what he's helping me with. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I uh, explain it? So for him, he works with me on obviously the moves. Um, like I have a style now, obviously, mm-hmm. because I've been on Raw and SmackDown since 2015, but just working with my performance. And then I work with him on presentation. Like half the battle is being a star. Um, I feel like, which people forget a lot of the time and it is present. And now whether it's promos or, you know, I can't give away the magic, but there's like, I work with presentation and he works with wrestling. It's Mm -hmm. like you, you swap it or even which people don't realize when you're a WWE superstar, there's so much more to what we do than just the in ring stuff. It's media. It's, it's PR, it's being a larger than life character inside and outside of the ring. And I definitely work with him on that and what's important and building a brand. And yeah, it's just bringing our two backgrounds and worlds together and how to make it better. But I've definitely been like, I did his, um, I was so excited, his moonsault, moonsault, and then his boot elbow. Yeah. in one of my matches and yep. I can't wait till when he starts pulling out to it. Like there's two moves that I do that he loves that I know he's going to do eventually <laughs> um, when he has the chance. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. If we see a figure eight yeah. on, on, on TV one of these days, we're going to know where it came from, but uh, oh last... my. <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite the sight. And I'm sure you would execute it well too. But uh, last question Char- for you, Charlie, before I let you go, I'm a big psych fan. So seeing you involved in the movie a couple of years ago, the first one was awesome. That was obviously your acting debut. Do you have any other other acting aspirations or was that like a one and done for you? No, I do. I, um, I just, I feel like I've, I've been so focused on my entering career that now it's like, maybe I'm more open or now I'm a hundred percent open to doing other projects. It's just what fits, what works and what the opportunity is. So yeah, before I was like, no, just wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. But now I'm like, oh, there's so many, you know, opportunities out there right now for talent to do the crossover transition. So yeah, I definitely... I'm open to it and I still have the walking tall project mm-hmm. that will hopefully start this fall. So I'm definitely looking forward to that as well. Awesome. Well, time will tell people will look forward to seeing that as well as hell in the cell. You and Rhea Ripley raw women's championship this Sunday, most wanted treasures are going to be part of SummerSlam. A lot of awesome stuff coming up involving you, Charlotte. Uh, can't thank you enough for the time. This has been uh, a lot of fun. So thanks a lot, Charlotte. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Enjoy this weekend. Thanks to Charlotte once again for the time. She could not have been cooler, as I said before. You can check that out in article form as well over on Bleach Report from last Thursday. And like I said earlier, check out my interview as well with Devontae Adams of the Packers. Um, That's up in the NFL section of the Bleach Report website, bleachreport.com. 
right now. So with all that out of the way, let's bring in Mr. Marceau to help me break down all the latest in the world of wrestling, including last Sunday's Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, Raw, Dynamite, NXT, and everything else in between. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing well, GSM. How are you? Doing great. You're coming off four Hell in a Cell matches in the span of three days. How you doing coming off the pay-per-view weekend? I am Hell in a cell out. Are you feeling the Hell in a Cell fatigue as much as I am right now? Yes, I hopefully don't have to see one until June of next year, hopefully. If I don't see another Hell in a Cell match for the next five years of my life, I don't think I would complain. I think I've seen as many Hell in a Cell matches as I have strap matches and steel cage matches in the last 365 days of WWE. Like, it is completely ridiculous. And it, it's an issue with other companies as well, but most notably WWE. Um, but not yeah. everything, you know, we, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. The Hell in a Cell pay-per-view on Sunday, in addition to Raw... Um, and NXT from Tuesday, which I thought was a good show. Um, Raw was what it was. A bit of a better show than usual, some people said. And there were plenty of notable developments on that show as well. As we head into Money in the Bank back on, uh, or heading into July 18th, I think in Philly it's going to be. Uh, we have a lot to discuss here today, but as I did last week, want to get your thoughts on Dynamite last week. I know it's been almost a week. It's been airing on Fridays for like a month now. I feel like any momentum that AEW had coming out of Double or Nothing about a month ago is completely gone. I mean, the shows haven't been bad, but as I've said to you before, because you asked me what happened on Dynamite last week, as soon, you know, like the next day or whatever, and I said you probably didn't really miss much at all. Like, I thought it was a good show, but if you missed it, you fell asleep, you went to bed early at 10 o'clock at night here on the East Coast, you probably didn't really miss anything. So, from what you can recall, were there anything, was there anything that really stood out to you from last Friday's Dynamite? Um, I mean, I did rewatch it, or I, I guess watched it in its entirety. I just... Like you said, I didn't. I don't think I really missed much. I just one thing that AEW needs to do better, which I think NXT's done better lately. Just like the overexposure of people, like NXT this week. Like I don't think I saw Bronson Reed, MSK. I think they might have done like a little snippet. Karrion Cross was like a quick like little segment. I feel like every week on Dynamite, it's like you get Young Bucks, Cody, Omega, like all those guys like right in your face. I just feel it's like the same stuff every single week. It's like give it, give it a little breath. I feel like that's why I hate like the whole dark. Uh, dynamite like difference because i feel like oh they, they wrestled on dark for the last three months okay i haven't seen them on tv in three months so why does that matter to me but mm-hmm. i mean the cage match was probably one of the better things on the show and that was the first thing i thought i liked the first round of the cage fight but then like it obviously came like sh- like wrestling shoot like he's fucking harking running the guy in that fucking cage match i thought it was cool but it was definitely a bit ridiculous yeah i agree and like it looked like they like were trying to like work fight, but then like not actually hurt each other because it didn't look like either of them had a scratch on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was probably the best part of the show. I thought the the promo package with FTR and Santana Ortiz was great. Yep. Um, the backstage segment with Jungle Boy and Omega was fucking terrible. I mean, oh, when he attacked it, Nakazawa, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Like Callus and Omega to me, like I've seen people say it online too. Like they scream like. Disney villains like every time Omega's just being goofy and then Callus is like always like rubbing his hands like he's like this evil mastermind like <laughs> can you please stop like they're just awful um Penelope Ford and uh Julia Hart did she face Julia Hart and yeah Mike's it was Julia really Hart yep you're right yep well, I mean complete throwaway um only really set up for the Miro match next Wednesday I think we like, <laughs> I love Miro but come on like I just, like, this is what I don't like. It's like, okay, Brian Pillman. Like, I like Brian Pillman. Like, would they have, when's the last time they won anything as a tag team? They just lost to the Bucks, like, a month ago. Yes. Yeah, they've just and been I winning would, matches on Dark, yeah. 
Hey, and I haven't seen him on TV since. It's just the whole, like, dark to dynamite conversions really what I think hurts them. Because, like, if they put MJF or, like, someone big on, on dark and, like, maybe they just, like, alluded to it. Like, oh, here's a quick video package. MJF was on dark class, like, cutting a promo on Inner Circle. Like, okay. But, like, we don't need to get him on the show every fucking week. And it, it's just, like, I feel like they're starting to overexpose people. And it's just, like, MJF, Hangman specifically, I feel like they've cooled off so much since... When they were like before uh, Double or Nothing, like you said, I feel like these last couple shows have been pretty missable. Nothing, nothing over the top great. I, I mean, we don't really know what's going out for All Out, or I guess they have those special shows coming up in Miami and Fighter Fest and uh, Fight for the Fall and stuff like that. But I thought the show on Friday was fine. Nothing crazy, nothing special. Um, but I think that time slot also sucks. But I just don't think they're going to make the show immensely better when they move to Wednesdays either, but we'll see. Yeah, so they'll be back on Wednesday starting next week. We have a Saturday Night Dynamite before then, headlined by Jungle Boy and Omega for the World Championship, which obviously the outcome isn't in doubt, but it should be a fun match. I liked how they set up a lot of stuff, not only for Saturday, but for next week's show too. <laughs> Some matches I just don't give a crap about. I mean, you have Britt Baker and, and Reba versus Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose. I mean, come on, dude. Does anyone honestly give a shit? I know they're building up Nyla Rose for a quick match with Baker to have Baker beat her. I don't know. I feel like giving Baker a more defined babyface as her first foe coming out of the title win would have been a bit... It would have made a bit more sense, in my opinion. Um, But it is what it is. So I like the setup for the upcoming episodes. Overall, I thought, again, it was a good show, but it's not doing a lot to really get me excited for for wherever they're going forward. And I know All Out's coming up in two months. We have plenty of time before that comes up, so they have a little bit of time, but I don't know. We'll see. I know they're going back to Wednesdays the next week. They're going on the road the week after that for the bash at the... No, Road Rager. Road Rager's on July 7th. The 14th is um, Fight for the Fallen. Yeah. No, Fighter Fest Night 1. Uh, 21st is Fighter Fest Night 2. And then the 28th is... Uh, Fight for the Fallen, like I said. So they got a lot of theme shows coming up. I could not care less about the Stratty, uh, uh, Cody, uh, QT Marshall strap match. I could not give two shits personally. Um, you know, but it is what it is. But going back to what you had said earlier about the overexposure stuff, because I do agree. I feel like we get a lot of six-man tag team matches, and they like to shoehorn everyone on the show every week. Do you think Rampage is going to help with that? Now, I don't think the time slot is ideal. With Dynamite having been on 10 o'clock on a Friday for the last month now, it's not a great time slot at all. Like I, I hate having to watch a show at 10 p.m. on a Friday. If it was 8 p.m. like SmackDown, that makes more sense. But SmackDown has that spot. They're not going head-to-head. Do you think the new show with Rampage premiering on August 23rd, or rather, not 23rd, the 13th, is going to help with the overexposure issue with AEW? Hopefully, but I hope it's not like a SmackDown circa 2015 where, or before the brand split, when it was just like Raw, and then it was Raw Light. It's not Dynamite, Dynamite Light. You're just getting the same matches, kind of different. Um, I mean, I would. I mean, Rampage is going to be at TNT, right? Yes. Um. Yeah. TNT yes. until 2022 when he moves to TBS. Yes. I would strictly have the TNT champions strictly only on Rampage, or like you need to have things certainly for Rampage, and then other things on other. I just think if you do every, like if Dynamite and Rampage are like basically the same show, I think it could do more damage than it already has because I'm assuming they're keeping dark and all that other stuff. Yeah, I think so. They're they're keeping both shows, I'm pretty sure. I, I think 
You know, I, I like the idea, obviously, as someone who's a fan, a traditionalist and liking the brand split, because I like how certain people and things are exclusive to SmackDown and vice versa with Raw. Um, you could do that with AEW. I think, honestly, just making it an extension of Dynamite, not not Dynamite 2.0, essentially. Because, like, listen, we talked about this on the phone the other day when we were uh, we were remembering the days of Roman Reigns beating the League of Nations in the span of, you know, one night with, with a four-on-one advantage. I don't want to see Cody beating the entire factory in a four-on-one handicap match on an upcoming episode of Rampage. I'm not saying that at all, but... You know, if they can kind of what make SmackDown what it was pre-brand split, because if you go back and watch SmackDown in like 99, 2000, 01, you still got the Rocks and the Stone Colds, but it wasn't what we were getting on Raw. It was like, a, if it was like an extension of it to a certain extent. SmackDown five, six years ago was just completely fucking pointless. We got literally the same matches every single week. I don't think AEW was that dumb to do that. So I hope they don't follow that same formula. But we'll see. I think Rampage is going to help with that issue um, that Dynamite's currently having with all these people being shoehorned into one show. It's a two-hour show. You know, we, we talked about it a while ago when, when SCU retired. Like, they retired, and literally within 10 seconds of them losing, they moved on to the next segment. Or they went to commercial. I'm like, what the, what the fuck? Like, they try to cram a lot into two hours. So I'm hoping they can kind of ease back a little bit, give things more time to breathe when they have the additional show. I mean, they already have two other shows as it is, like you said. Those haven't really helped Dynamite at all because they're just supplementary shows where they have squash matches. So hopefully Rampage is the answer to their problems. I don't know if it will be, but you know, time will tell. Um, but we'll get into Hell in a Cell from Sunday. I mean, we talked about it a little bit before we went live here. Not a very newsworthy show, and not even that it wasn't newsworthy. I just thought, having watched this show after the fact... WrestleMania Backlash, I thought even a month ago, which I think had only maybe one title change, that just had a better flow to it. It left me more satisfied, better finishes, some better matches. You know, on paper, I thought this show had a lot of very good matches. I thought Bianca and Bailey was a very good match. Rollins and Cesaro was very well wrestled. Um, Bliss and Shayna was easily just complete garbage, but so was Damian and Miz, not because of the match, but because of this fucking you know, lumberjack bullshit or the supernatural bullshit. So that was like the one match of the show no one really cared about. Zayn and Owens killed it. Even Charlotte, like the, even the last two matches I thought were very good. The issue were the finishes and it kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. With better finishes, I think this would have been a stronger show. Um, but overall, before I ask you questions about the results and whatnot, what were your immediate uh, takeaways, Mr. Marcel, from Hell in a Cell on Sunday? It's a fine show. Very missable. Very unforgettable. Um... Thought there were, like you said, there's some good matches on the show, but nothing that will stand out to be like match of the year or anything that you probably and your normal fan would remember after uh, like twenty at the end of this year. I prob you can ask me, and I probably won't remember what happened on the show. You probably won't even remember the Hell in the Cell matches themselves, considering we got four in three days. There's going to be some sort of trivia note in the next five years where someone's asked. Oh, what were like the four cell matches that happened over the course of the weekend? And no one's going to know what they were, aside from maybe Roman and Roy on SmackDown. Um, I thought Bobby and Drew had a great match. I enjoyed Bianca and Bailey. I think Owens and Zayn could have used the cell more, although Bailey and Bailey and Bianca have had a long enough feud where I think it makes some sense. It wasn't completely ridiculous. Like Roman and Ray being inside the cell was completely stupid. But um, I don't think we've spoke about it yet. Have you watched Roman and Ray yet from SmackDown last Friday? I did. What were your thoughts on it? It was the best Hell in a Cell match all weekend. Yeah, I completely agree. That was what took... I, honestly, I think if that was here on this pay-per-view, it would have made it a stronger show. Um, you know, again, I thought this was a fine show with a lot of good wrestling, but if you missed it, you didn't really miss much. 
And uh, some of the outcomes there, I think the outcomes were fine. Like, they obviously were going to continue Charlotte and Rhea. But Rhea getting disqualified by taking the top of the commentator's table and hitting Charlotte with it was one of the dumbest things I've seen in a while. Yeah, it was definitely underwhelming. I mean, technically that is kind of like a disqualification, I guess, because you're using a weapon or using a foreign object. But I think it was more just like what she did that was just like, that's it. But, I mean, technically by the letter of the law, that is a disqualification. But, I don't know, I think they could have done it better. And then I, the, the fucking roll-up in the cell at the main event was just... There's just so WWE that it bothered me to no end. It's just like... Cage, no one can get in, someone gets in, and then it's just like screwy finish and a fucking roll up. I don't know. I just the two finishes I think alone just like really put the show down because I thought it was a decent show, but the two main events just like made me piss, and I was just like, why did I just watch the show? Yeah, I don't know. I just thought the finishes were terrible. Like a roll up distraction finish inside Hell in the Cell in the main event of your pay per view is completely weak. And again, I thought the match itself was good, but the finishes were uh, not very good. Um, but Bliss and Shayna was exactly what we expected it to be. Shayna tried to defend it recently, actually, in an interview with Sports Illustrated, uh, saying that I need to show that I can be counted on to nail whatever it is I'm being asked to do. It's easy to be a badass tyrant like I was in NXT. I can totally fit that role. After establishing myself as that, it's important to show I can cover a wide range of what professional wrestling is today. And she went on to make other comparisons. Uh, Listen, I like Shayna a lot. I see where she's coming from. She works for WWE. She's a company person. I talked to her a month ago about not the exact same shit because it was before all the supernatural bullshit started. But it's like, you got to call a spade a spade here, dude. This shit is awful. I think the Alexa Bliss character, I think her dedication to the character is great. But I think everything that they're doing with her in the Shayna shit has completely killed Shayna dead. I don't know if you would say that she's completely buried yet. And I don't use that term loosely. But I don't know how you can take Shayna seriously at any point in the foreseeable future coming off what we saw on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, get the archive out. I literally said when this Alexa Bliss stuff was going to start, it was going to be fucking stupid. And it's been just over the top. I didn't hate it on Sunday as much as other people did. I thought it was, I mean, whatever, I guess. I mean, kind of funny seeing Nia slap Reggie. But um, the whole thing, just stupid. The whole doll stuff like made Shayna look really bad. She was a big badass, and now she's running away from a little doll. I don't know. The whole thing's just stupid. Um, I really don't know what the end game is. That's what kind of, I guess, I'm interested at this point. But, like, I love Alexa. I get it. She's been very dedicated to the, to the character. But the whole supernatural stuff is just, just not my cup of tea. If it was done correctly, maybe. But it's just been, like, goofy WWE booking. And just, I really don't care. Yeah, it's just hard to care, and now we find them in the Money in the Bank ladder match for the women at the pay-per-view, having qualified on Monday's Raw alongside Nikki Cross, Naomi, and Asuka. Um, Before we even get into the Money in the Bank stuff, your thoughts as we kind of transition into Raw here, because there's really not a lot to say about Hell in the Cell. What were your thoughts on the new Nikki Cross character? I've already made it quite clear through Hashtag and elsewhere that I thought it was trash, but what were your thoughts? I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of it because I just think it's stupid and it has a short shelf life, but I mean, it can't be any worse than what she's already doing. I mean, she was just jumping for joy and shitting her pants because she pinned Char- or didn't get pinned by Charlotte and, and Rhea in two minutes, so <laughs> I, I, I don't think her... I, I just, like, it's not great. It's terrible gimmick, but I don't think it's as bad as it is because it's not like she went from, like, WWE champion contender to like this stupid gimmick like she's basically been like I don't know say dead in the water but she hasn't really done much of anything lately so 
I don't hate it as much as you did, but I don't think there's really a lot of shelf life, and I don't really see her going too far with this gimmick. I think she's talented, but I think kind of like what you said, and this is going to be seen as like a knock on her by a lot of people, but she's not Rhea Ripley. She's not Charlotte Flair. She's not Sasha Banks. She's not Bailey. To me, she is not on that level. Although she is a good wrestler as a character, she has not been interesting to me in several years. So I feel like if you give the same character to a Rhea Ripley or a Charlotte or someone like that, it's even worse because it's even a a bigger waste of their potential. Um, It was like that whole thing... Remember, we talked about this here on the show many, 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 many years ago when we first started doing it, but, like, when there were rumors that they were going to give Neville the superhero gimmick with the dumb Mighty Mouse shit, and it's like, what what the fuck is this? Like, what is this shit? That's basically what this screams to me, because they don't have any other ideas for her. Now, she did come out and say it was her idea, she's been pitching it for months, you know, like I told you, I think that's great. Listen, I'm all for the talent getting more creative freedom. But I think the only reason why this was even approved was because Vince McMahon loves the goofy shit. And a lot of this goofy shit doesn't fucking work. And listen, I said this on the show too. If she comes out next month, she gets a big reaction. People are really reacting to it. And she turns into a really fun character on the show. Then I'll eat my words and say I was wrong. I, you know, I still think it's dumb. But maybe it'll win me over. Currently, I just don't see this working. Um, regardless of who's portraying the character. Some people can do it better than others, and people are saying, oh, she's she's wacky enough to where she might be able to make it work. And that's true. I just... It's not like she was going to be contending for the Raw Women's title anyway, but she did just recently pin Rhea, so you would think they would kind of go in that direction, but they've seemingly kind of forgotten about that. But it is what it is. I guess it's more a matter of wait and see, because, you know, as wrestling fans, or really with anything, we see one week as something, and we make an immediate opinion as to whether it's great or whether it's shit without seeing where it goes. Unfortunately, that is true, but the thing with WWE is that usually what we see on day one is what ends up happening. Like, there is no wait-and-see approach because there's just no long-term storytelling there. So, I feel like this is what it's going to be going forward. I'm not a fan personally, but we'll see what happens with it. Um, But on a bigger scale, women's money in the bank, as I mentioned, Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss, Naomi, Asuka. We know the raw side of the women for the Money in the Bank women's ladder match. Uh, What are your thoughts on who is qualified so far? Can you see any of those four women winning it? And who else do you want to see in it? Um, I mean, for who was... I was honestly really surprised Eve Marie and uh, Piper Niven didn't get it, but, I mean, I get it. Yeah, I'm not saying that stupid name, by the way. I I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying the dumb (laughs) name. Honestly, the only good thing about the dumb name is hopefully eventually when she turns on Eva, she can just go back to her real name. But... Regardless. She already did. She already turned on on Monday. Eh, was a small term. <laughs> what the fuck but, was that? We'll, we'll get into that, but I'm sorry. Continue. But yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like Alexa's gonna win. I re- I love Alexa. I really don't want her to win. Like her with the fucking briefcase, supernatural shit. Please no. I just feel like I like Naomi. I just don't. I don't know. I just they feel like they never just. Like I just don't think they see her at that level of being like a champion or a contender. Like she's been good. She had that one reign on SmackDown, but since then it's been fucking downhill since. So, mm-hmm. um, I at this point I would say Alexa because I just don't think anyone on SmackDown won it. Maybe Liv Morgan, but um, if that if not her, I don't want to see Carmella win it again. Like I like her. I like her new character. I don't think she needs to win it. Bailey, no. Um, like, Mandy Rose, maybe. Dana Brooke, no. I mean, there isn't really too many people, so, like, it's, I feel like it's going to be either Alexa, maybe Naomi, maybe Liv Morgan or Mandy Rose. That's who my four people would be. Obviously, we don't know who else is left, but, I mean, 
I just don't think they see Naomi at that level. Mandy Rose doesn't seem like she's ever, like, once she, like, gets to that moment, I feel like they just keep knocking her down. So, don't think she'll win. And then it'll probably be Alexa, because I don't think they see much of Liv Morgan either. So, I'm going with Alexa, unfortunately. I know that's probably not your favorite choice. I know it's not my favorite choice, but just the way it's going, I think that's what's going to happen. Did you like my idea on hashtag of Sonya Deville entering herself and potentially winning? I do, but I just don't think she's going to be. I think she's going to be the GM for. I think that I don't know if she has injury history or what, what's going on with her, but I think she's training to come back. I don't know if it's going to be in the, within the month, but I heard that she was training to come back. However, I don't know how true that is, though. I mean, if she came back and won it, it makes sense. But I don't know. There's like like when Mandy beat her in that big feud that was like one of the better women's feuds they've had in a while. And then she went absolutely nowhere. Neither of them did. I mean, I know Sonya took time off to go deal with her personal stuff, but Mandy, they literally moved her over to Raw, and they and teamed she up with Dana Charlotte Brooke. in like a week. What'd you say? <laughs> she got beat by Charlotte in like three minutes, I feel like. <laughs> I just don't understand. And she even outright said, too, like, yeah, that made no sense to me. I'm sure she enjoys teaming with Dana Brooke. I'm sure Dana Brooke is a great person, but... It's just a complete waste, and like you said, this is not the first time where they've kind of given Mandy some focus, and they've immediately knocked her right back down a couple a couple notches. Remember that whole feud she had a couple of years ago with Naomi? And it wasn't even over a championship. Like, they were feuding over Jimmy Uso or something. And then it was it was kind of getting some traction. People were into it. It went nowhere. Um, I know they had said on Total Divas that she and Sonya were going to do, like, this, you know, lesbian storyline, or at least... Tease it, maybe not go full in with it, but at least tease it like with this LBGT, you know, Q storyline, and they completely dropped it and never did anything else with it again. So, I don't know, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I, I love Sonya; I think she'd be a great pick for it. But you're probably right when you say that it's going to be Alexa Bliss. Um, that being said, what about the men we've, with who we've had qualified so far? That is, um, John Morrison, Ricochet, Riddle. And next week we find out if it's going to be Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, or AJ Styles. I don't know why the losers are getting another shot, but that's just what it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't think who's going to win is going to be on the Raw side. Like, I doubt Riddle uh, Riddle wins. I mean, it seems like him and Randy are teaming, so it'd be a little weird if he won. Um, I guess you could have him winning, kind of like brag to Randy how he won and he didn't, and then Randy eventually turns on him, but I don't think he'll win. Ricochet... I mean, surprised the guy's still employed by the way they treat him. I mean, I doubt he wins. I mean, I think there's a better chance I win the Money in the Bank briefcase than Ricochet. And I'm I think so, yeah. Um, and then John Morrison. I love John Morrison. I just honestly don't even know why he's in. They treat him like a jerk-off, too. So not really sure why he's in the match. But next week, I, I would go with Randy Orton, I guess. I mean, I don't really want Drew to be in it again, like, Give it a fucking rest. Maybe you can have Jinder cost him as the match next week because Jinder was on Raw. Yep, that's what and, I was thinking. And then you can have Randy Orton win, and then maybe they can... I wouldn't have Drew in it. Drew's in the title. I love Drew, but, I mean, come on, move the fuck on. The guy's been on the title picture for, like, a year and a half. Move on. Yeah, for now. I would say, yeah, yeah, I would say move on for now and then maybe put him back in the title picture at the end of the year, early next year, whatever it might be. The whole idea of him, oh, maybe if I get the briefcase, it helps me work around the stipulation of Lashley, the last chance. Like, no, dude, just stop. It's not a him It's not a him issue. It's a WWE problem. Like, you're not doing this guy any favors by pushing him as the next Roman Reigns. Just let it be for a little while, and people will be rallying you know, behind him again within the next couple of months. So, I honestly think if he's in it, and I said this on hashtag, he will get booed if he's in this match and attempts to win. Like, I have no doubt in my mind, especially since it's going to be in Philly, too, so... Um, I hope he doesn't get the last spot. 
I agree with you. I think it's going to be Randy Orton. Um, who from SmackDown do you want to see in the match? Um, we talked about this the other day. I just feel like they're so limited in star power right now. Like they are, but I, I, I could certainly see. Like I know they're coming off their feud, but Cesaro and Rollins being in there makes sense to me. Like Cesaro, Rollins, maybe Biggie, Sammy, or Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those four are perfect. I'm not. Um, I don't know who else you would put in there. Otis, hey, like Otis, maybe again. <laughs> maybe. Oh God, because he won last year. Honestly, I completely forgot about that until you said that. Um, trying to think who else. I feel like one of the Usos maybe could be in it. I don't know. Yeah, I could see one of the Usos being in it. I, I've seen some people say that. Do you think one of the Usos could win Money in the Bank and they kind of tease cashing in on Roman? Not Jay. I mean, we've already seen Jay and Roman, but Jimmy is an option. Yeah, I think Jimmy would be a good option. I mean. Either that or they should do him and Roman at Money in the Bank. No, that's my next question. What do you think is next for Roman Reigns? If it, if Jimmy's not in it, then I would do him and him and Roman at Money in the Bank. It just doesn't, at this point it doesn't seem like anyone like no one else would really make sense at this point. Like him and Roman have teased tension. Like he doesn't want to be Roman's bitch, like his brother. I mean, it makes sense. I feel like that's where they're going. Anyone else would be completely random at this point. Hey, but Shinsuke Nakamura is the new king of WWE. What about Shinsuke Nakamura? No, thank you. I think a Shinsuke Roman feud could work, but I could not care less about the King Corbin Nakamura shit, which is hopefully over now, but I don't know. Yeah, I would probably do Jimmy Uso, although he did seemingly align with Roman at the end of SmackDown. That doesn't really mean anything, though, because you could always turn on him. Um, so that could be a red herring. I, I yeah, wouldn't, I, yeah. I wouldn't look too much into that. Yeah, we'll find out what the fallout's going to be on SmackDown, but, you know, Jimmy Uso could work. I could see... I don't really want to see Ray get another shot just because he was beaten so decisively. Why would you do that? Um, yeah, they got a couple options. We'll find that on SmackDown. I think they might do Jimmy. That's probably their best bet, but we'll see where they go with that. I mean, again, like I said, I think a Roman Nakamura feud at some point could work if they actually built it up properly. Um, but for now, I just I don't know. I don't think it would. I, I think it's a little bit. I think it's a little too soon with Nakamura's current character and the goofy shit he's been doing lately to be going into that program. Um, but yeah, as we wind down here, dude, from NXT, I thought it was a good show on Tuesday. Not nearly as hot of a show as last week, as Samoa Joe's presence on the show was kind of down a little bit from than what it was the week before. But you don't also don't want to overexpose the guy, so I get it. Um, but again, like I thought it was a good show. We got some good matches. Carmelo Hayes, Adam Cole, good stuff. Set up for next week. More matches announced for the Great American Bash in two weeks. Uh, we had the debut of the Diamond Mine at the end of the show. So, your thoughts in NXT from Tuesday, dude, and the debut of the Golden Mine, or the Diamond Mine, rather, at the end of the night. Golden Mine, yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought the show was good. I mean, um, it wasn't as newsworthy, but I thought there were a lot of good matches, like you said. Uh, the opener with Cole, and can't even remember the guy's name was good. Carmelo was, Hayes, yeah. Carmelo Hayes, I thought it was actually a really good match. Um the way stuff, I, I told you, I'm not a big fan of them. Even the, the guys and Candice and Indiana, they just don't do like they just seem like goofy heel faction. I just don't care about them. Um, so that, that whatever that was fine. I love Pete Dunn. Um, so that match was good. Um, I'm trying to think what's happened. Hit row, big hit row. Mark, I he love loves hit row. hit row. I think they have like big potential. Like if they if they treat Swerve correctly, I think he could be like a main event guy if mm-hmm. if. Need- um, so that was good. Ever rise. I think they, I think they have the talent. I just think they're in like a goofy comedy gimmick. I think if you, I think they're good enough wrestlers if given the right kind of push, they could actually be good. But mm-hmm. on TV, I mean, for the longest time they were just being like jobbed out. So I guess that's, I mean, they still jobbed out, but I guess mm-hmm. there's some kind of character development there. Um, 
I think what's happened. The whole, like, the, the women's tag team scene is kind of, like, whatever, I guess. I'd it's it's see- getting better. I mean, like I said a couple weeks it's ago, it's completely non-existent, but at least they did something went on the show. It's getting better, but I'd rather see Raquel, like, defend her championship than deal with this stuff. But hopefully if they, like, don't advance, we get more of her mm-hmm. singles. Um, I'm trying to think of what I missed. Uh, Karrion, I mean, I feel like he still doesn't really have a clear-cut guy right now. I, I mean... Maybe Gargano, but I, I'm I'm so against that. I mean, guy's been developmental for like ten years. I like, yeah. just move on. And I'm over Gargano getting title shots. Like how MSK and Bronson Reed weren't on the show. Cross was on for like thirty seconds of that, but I like that. Like it doesn't have to be on the show every week and make it feel like a little bit more special when he's on the show. So I didn't mind that. Um, the main event was good. I mean, I'm not the biggest Kushida guy, um, but I thought him and O'Reilly like their styles meshed well. The whole Diamond Mine. Um, I'm honestly so surprised when I saw Roderick Strong. Yeah, I was um, not expecting that. It, it made expect- sense, but I wasn't expecting it. Didn't, I, I did not expect that at all. Like the Tyler Russ guy, um, he was on t- TV for a few weeks with Malcolm Bivens, so I guess that makes a lot of sense with that. The other guy, I guess he's from Japan. I, I mean, I, I I read good things. I don't really know much about him, but mm-hmm. I guess that that's different, but. Um, it's fine. I guess it's fine. I don't know. I just we talked about with text. I just feel like they like they're becoming like AEW light. Like they have so many heel factions that like I don't know. Like, do we need another one? We have Hit Row. We have them. We have the Way. We have um, Legado del Fantasma. We have fucking name the next seven of them. I mean, I'm trying to think. I'm missing. I know there's a couple I'm missing. I just like the the Asian one, Tian Shaw. No oh, man. I, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, we have Tian Shaw, The Way, Diamond Mine, Hit Row, and Legato Del Fantasma. That's five. We have no babyface ones. <laughs> no, they're all heel. I mean, I think they might be turning Gargano at least for one match, but I know they're not turning they, they're definitely not turning Indy and Candace. Probably not Candace, maybe Indy, just because of based on, you know, the whole Dexter Loomis thing, but yeah, isn't that weird? We have five heel factions. Like, I hate the factions in AEW. The overabundance of factions in AEW, I should say. So I don't like it in, in NXT. I think it's getting to be a little too much. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I like Hit Row. Legato de Fantasma, we have our differences. I like Escobar. The two other guys, I mean, they're fine. I just, I don't know. I feel like I like him more on his own. I don't know. I just, they don't do a ton for me. It's not even like, they're, like he has a heavy. It's just like two random cruiserweight guys that are his backup, so... Whatever the way I, I mean, they, I just feel like they're a comedy goof, so I just don't really care for them. Tian Shaw, I like Zaylia Boa. I don't even know if I've seen a kid ever wrestle. The other <laughs> lady, don't really care about her. I actually, Zaylia is actually grown on me a little bit, so don't mind them. I guess for Zaylia, um, I mean Diamond Mine. We'll see where that goes and whatever. Oh yeah, I think that's it. But oh, the show is good. I just think they need. They need to get away from the heel factions. They do, but at least unlike AEW, they're not having them do multi-man matches every week, and they're not having the factions feud yet. We haven't seen any of these factions feud. They they teased Hit Row against Legato, but that's really about it. Um, and they haven't even done that yet. So maybe they'll turn Legato after Santos probably loses to Isaiah Swerve Scott at some point. They teased Bronson Reed and Isaiah, so maybe, hopefully, he'll be the one to take the title off of Bronson in the not-too-distant future. And I like Bronson, but... Um, they might have bigger and better things planned for him, as well as Karrion Cross. So, I don't know if you saw this, but they were brought into the SmackDown tapings last week, and they worked two dark matches against Ziggler and Rude, respectively, who have been completely off SmackDown since they lost the tag titles. Um, but they were on the show, or not on the show, I'm sorry, they were brought in for dark matches, 
as a tryout type thing. And then they were on main event this week. I just got done watching the show earlier. Uh, Bronson Reed beat Drew Gulak and Karrion Cross beat uh, Shelton Benjamin. So, you know, it, it, typically when they do stuff like that and they put NXT people on main event like that, it usually means that they're grooming them for the main roster. Um, they did that same thing with Mansoor just recently, and he ended up on the Raw roster officially, even though we haven't seen him since. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think we could see Karrion as well as Bronson be main roster bound before long? Yeah, I mean, I think Karrion at least, I, mean, I just feel like, not that he's done it all, but I feel like once you're a champion, you can only go down from there. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing him coming up soon. Bronson, I feel like there's still a lot more longevity for him. I wouldn't call him up right away. Just like I text, I text you. I feel like you'll be like the next Funkasaurus, unfortunately. I love Bronson Reed, but I could so see Vince. Oh, it's great shit, pal. I'm going to make him dance and shuck and jive and <laughs> do the fucking dig fucking scoop dance like fucking Sweet Tea used to do. Awful. Terrible. terrible. Oh, my God, terrible. So hopefully not, but um, I like both guys, so I'd be interested to see if they do get called up, how they get treated. I did see Scarlett got put in a uh, tryout as well, so they're going to break her and her and carrying up. Or? Typical WWE, I wouldn't be surprised. They, I mean, this is the same company that broke uh, Carmella away from Enzo and Cass when they got called up five years ago. They broke away Nikki Cross from Sanity for no reason. Um, unless she's needed in NXT, but her getting called up before them would be stupid. I hope not. I, I hope they just go get they, they get called up together. Carrion is not the same without Scarlet, in my opinion. So... I hope they just kind of, you know, keep them as an act. But we'll see. I don't think they would do that. But, hey, it's WWE, so you never really know. Um, but any final thoughts, Mr. Marceau, as we wind down here? Uh, I got nothing on the top of my head now. But uh, I'm honestly, for WWE, at least, I, I'm so I'm so ready for them to go back to a regular crowd. I, the whole Thunderdome thing at this point is just overstated. It's welcome. I'm just kind of over it at this point. I feel like it hurts the presentation a little bit at this point. Well, thankfully, we're a couple weeks away from going back on the road. We just got to suffer through it for a couple more weeks, at least on the main roster. I think the, um, what is it, the CWC for NXT, I'm not a big fan of it personally, um, just because, uh, I don't know, we, we've had it for so long and it served its purpose, but the crowd in there, in, those, in that arena every single week, just clearly could not give a shit. They could not give a shit if they tried. So, they got to move on from that. Either go back to full sale or go on the road, at least for the takeovers. I don't know. It's definitely hurting the presentation of NXT. Uh, but the same thing with the main roster inside the Thunderdome. Hopefully, we're moving past that come the return of the road in the next couple of weeks. But um, this has been great, Mr. Marceau. A lot more to discuss next week. No events. Thank God for the foreseeable future. Um, no pay-per-views. We got all the takeovers, AEW pay-per-views, and the WWE pay-per-views out of the way for now. Um, they do have the Great American Bash in less than two weeks, so we will preview that next week, but that's really about it, so we'll probably just bullshit about everything going on in the world of wrestling, you know, unless there's any major big news, which there always tends to be in the world of wrestling, but Mr. Marceau, this has been great, brother. Look forward to the next one, and I'll catch your ass down the road. One last time, guys, you can check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and Podbean. You can rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode every single Thursday. We've had exclusive interviews almost every single week for the last couple of months. It's been a really, really great 2021. We're closing in on the first half of the year, which is just wild to think about. And I think next week is going to be July 1st, so maybe here on the show next week we'll do, like, 
year, half year rewards, or not rewards, awards rather, for WWE and AEW and all this other stuff, and kind of a reflection back in the first half of 2021, uh, when Mr. Marceau joins me once again next week here on the show, and probably an exclusive, oh, we, we definitely do have an exclusive interview, like I said, with uh, Brandon Dross and a friend of his running a show in Kansas, in that area, Harrington, Kansas, I believe, um, in July. So that's going to be in the show next week, Mr. Marceau, as always, and our analysis on the wrestling world. Until then, guys, have an awesome one. I'm Graham Jason Matthews for Mr. Marceau. We'll catch your ass down the road.